Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 110. Or, he said, calculating swiftly in binary five. Mike? I'm sorry, my, my brain kind of uh, unhinged itself. Never had the number five in binary before. <laughs> Good evening, folks. It's been a while since we've been recording. Alan's back from his brief Discworld convention. Mm-hmm. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> <laughs> Rounder, anyway. Yeah. Having re-entered Roundworld, uh, being an approximate same shape, nearing the a similar mass. Yes, twerf one. Go. Go to lots of cons. I'm sure there's still SG-1 cons, actually. Oh, yeah. There's one this month somewhere in, in the UK. Somewhere. Thank you, Metal Jukebox, for popping the sort of Disney song somewhere out there into my head. Marvellous. There has been a hiccup. Go on, then. I can't find discs one and two. <laughs> this uh, represents a hiccup. How fast do you think I did a rip of my DVD? It's 661 megabytes. <laughs> I wonder how fast I can convert it down to something a bit smaller and send it to you. I'm rummaging. F- ah, hang on. This is where preparation comes in handy. <laughs> well, I assumed that we're sitting there. Yeah. Like I said, a hiccup. <laughs> Could be regarded as a reasonably large hiccup. Uh, oh, actually, I think I'm playing it on this. <laughs> Our Google Voice number has finally been disabled. And I try and log in, and they're like, we're sorry, Google Voice is not supported outside the USA. Well, it's been that way for a while, hasn't it? No. I don't think it was ever supported outside the USA. But I can blather about the con. I will say Colin Smythe, Terry's agent, is an absolute gent. Is he? I've clatched with him before. The clatch started at five, and one of the golfers comes in at five past. Actually, it was one of the golfers, Sandra Batty, who's well embedded in the community, even to a greater extent than me. But in fairness, she's been involved with Disco fandom since about 1998. I've only been involved yeah. since 2006. I think I've dug myself well in for such a short time. <laughs> she says at five past six, Colin at five past six... I thought, if I carry on, and Colin's like, well, I don't have anywhere to be. Do any of you have anywhere to be? And we were always like, no. So we stayed until about ten past seven. He's only obligated to do an hour with the Clash, and he stayed with us for, like, more than two. We have gotten over the hiccup. <laughs> Remind me to apply those updates. Which updates? It's why I'm thinking of switching from Ubuntu to another distro, because I don't turn it on for a week, and it's like... Oh, right, yeah. And we get 300 meg of updates. <laughs> and since I've got three Ubuntu machines here, yeah, it adds up. I imagine it does. Have you read the Pratchett story, Hollywood Chickens? It rings a bell. It was read on as a radio play, and we performed it. I were a chicken. It's about chickens that develop technology. It is essentially a sort of 500-word story about chickens getting across the road. That's it, yeah. I've read it, yeah. Interestingly enough, it got the biggest laugh. You know, this construction that they'd built, including all cassette tapes, mostly Best of Queen. <laughs> As Chris Booth pointed out, Hollywood Chickens was way before Good Omens. So, how has your dining experience been lately? Uh, waitress! Waitress! Uh, what did he order? Oh, he had a special... Uh, that's what I ordered! I changed my order for the soup! Good move. Well, if it's been like that poor fella, then we'd like to suggest the Sci-Fi Diner podcast for great, tasty, and spicy cuisine. Weekly, we offer up top news, interviews, and have great conversations on what's going on in the world of sci-fi. Make your reservation today at the sci-fi diner podcast.com. Check, please. I should probably tweet, unless that was you saying that we were about to start recording now, because I didn't give you sufficient warning. <laughs> no, I didn't put anything on Twitter yet. I shall do so. Go on, then. He's tweeting. This is the season six premiere, Redemption. When I looked at the transcript, I actually said, oh, my God, because for quite possibly the first time ever, certainly involving a season opener slash closer, 
part two is actually called part two. I know, it's a shocker, isn't it? It is. When I watched this episode in preparation for the for the podcast a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. before you went away, mm-hmm. I watched it and I thought, sod this, I've got to watch the second part. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the episode. Not really something I can do. We all love those unlabeled DVDs. Legitimately purchased, of course, the sleeves are simply disparate. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, he said, looking through the eight windows he had open for the one that he was looking for. I'm sorry, I did actually have eight windows open. Oh, of course. <laughs> I had evil windows. Okay, our slightly blurry line has his head cocked and open. Also worth noting, we're watching the PAL editions of the episode now. Once again, yes. Yeah, so actually, runs for 42 minutes instead of 44. 42.12 is what I've got. So have I, since you've got the exactly same file I have. <laughs> Shocked that I pointed out the exact time code. <laughs> okay, I'm at two seconds, and... If we're three, if we're doe, if we're hain, clicky. Fade in on a puddle. Yes, a little artistic shot. Mm. Don't drop him, Sam. Oh, it's not Sam. I thought that was Sam. <laughs> Sam's dialing. He's running like Sam, that was it. <laughs> I swear, sir, I thought they wanted to smoke a peace break. That's because he's the only little guy and he's carrying a... Behind you. Yes. <laughs> Go on, then. Have a guess how many extras are there. Uh, Six. No, 18. Mm. No, you just love camera trickery. Walter! Morning, Sergeant. Morning, sir. What does SG-1 do back? Hour and 22 minutes from now, sir. When we get back, tell Major Carter I have a message. Yes, sir. Incoming normal! It's not playful music, isn't it? Yeah, twinkie twonky. Receiving SG-1's identification code. It's code red, sir. Looks like they're under fire. Defense unit and medical team to the gate. Open the iris. Opens a lot faster now. Doesn't have that pause. Remember, it used to open a little bit and then pause and then open the rest of the way? They finally fixed it. Been refined. <laughs> Whoa. Why would you pick that up? It could be poisoned. Well, you could trip over it, you know. You've got to be careful. Oh, dear. <laughs> Darts. I've been shot. Yes, General. One of your men's Dan. Some sort of. <laughs> Steady pulse. He's just unconscious, sir. The classified P2X374 is unfriendly, sir. Fairly primitive from the looks of it. I presume Captain Hagman will need to be reassigned? I'd say so, sir. We'll debrief in one hour. Dismissed. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> yes, uh How many team members has he gone through now? <laughs> Quite a few. I say, uh, unfortunately, uh, Captain Hagman only sticks around for, well, 30 seconds. Was a speaking role for Ivan Sir Mac, though, so uh, you can't knock that. And, of course, we have the other credit seekers. Yeah. I know, as a purist, the original Egyptian owning credit sequences, fun, you know, just mm-hmm. brilliant to look at. But this, so much movement in it. That's not the credit sequence which Sky Sean and Syndicate. No. In fact, I haven't seen this before. Can you? Oh. No, I didn't get as far as season six when I was watching through. I assume it's... Pornemic, it's a credit. Oh, yeah. He would do, wouldn't he? Well, no, we've not seen him yet. I mean, this is... Well, he has been cast as a regular member, so... We don't know that. Yeah, but they did. Redemption, written Robert C. Cooper, directed by Martin Wood. First, uh, June 7th, 2002. Shares its name with episodes of TNG, Mentalist, Nine Lives of Chloe King... Hercules, Blake 7, etc, etc. I mean, the, the problem with Daniel just kind of disappearing, he's left everything as is, so we must have some... have Jonas mm. use it. He's, you know, he's a research monkey after all. Yeah, he's <laughs> easily impressed. Mm. Behold. Ooh. He doesn't exactly look uncomfortable, does he? Well, again, you wonder exactly how long he's been here now. Ooh. Is McKay in this? He might be. <laughs> I just saw his name pop up. Yeah. How's Colonel O'Neill? He's got a partially torn ligament in his knee. He'll be okay. Hmm. Captain Hagman? He'll make a full recovery. What's that make? Eight now? Nine, if you count the two hours Captain Matheson lasted. <laughs> two hours longer than Captain Matheson? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. You think you can spare a few hours? Sure. For what? Well, you've been here three months. General Hammond thought you might finally like to leave the base. 
Ah, there you go, three months. Yes. <laughs> How long did Tilk have to stay on base before he was allowed to leave? It's just because he's got that emblem on his forehead, he had to stick on the base for ages. There are at least 500 other channels, you know. But this one, this one is fantastic. I mean, you have all of your weather from all over your planet right here. Even a long-range forecast, it's like predicting the future. Well, there is some science involved. I don't know. What's in Nevada? Casinos, showgirls. <laughs> sure, I love them. I'm not sure where the joke is there. Hey, Major? How do I know what color to wear? <laughs> we call each other every morning. You've got to be impressed with uh, Area 51 and the SGC for building this from pretty much from scratch in two years. The 302. Now, you wouldn't believe half that doesn't exist. Actually, no, you wouldn't. Major, I thought you'd like to see the prototype as soon as it was completed. Ah, you're way ahead of schedule. Geeky guy. You're going to break it, isn't it? <laughs> Very impressive. Thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. I'm I'm sorry. Dr. Larry Murphy, Colonel Jack O'Neill. This is Teal'c and this is Jonas Quinn, the man responsible for introducing us to the Nequadria. Pleasure to meet you. In case there was some doubt about what I was just saying, no. He's not happy. He's going to find something at fault with it. O'Neill believes you're going to request that we test fly this aircraft. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Murphy, played by Christopher Kennedy. Hmm. Now, as you can see, obviously the cockpit is a real prop, but the wings and the undercarriage were all CGI. Well, sir, I can tell you that this is a, this is a very different ship. Sir, the X-301 was a modified glider. Now, while many of the 302 systems were retro-engineered from Goa'uld technology, it is entirely human-built. So is the Titanic. <laughs> I think everyone's familiar with his previous experience with the X-302 Mark one. Yeah, get your apologies in beforehand. Why's that? It's got four different sets of engines. Air-breathing jets, modified aerospikes for high altitude, and a rocket booster. That's only three. You said four, right? <laughs> the fourth engine is a hyperspace window generator. It can count. Even Goa'uld is capable of entering hyperspace. That's because they're too small to carry the Goa'uld version of the generator. Jack looked worried there. He looks very worried. (laughs) What am I sitting on? (laughs) It's still a few weeks away from a practical test, but all preliminary indications look good. If this performs the way it was designed to, the X-302 will be the first human-built spacecraft capable of interstellar travel. Duke, of course, looks, you know, happy and cheerful and demonstrative. Oh, wait, no. He went up and he touched it, you know. Cheer up, Jack, come on. The deal made by our government, I'm aware of every aspect of the arrangement, Carl. Ah, Jack, come in. And here we have Commander Chekhov. Yes, Gary Chuck. Colonel. (laughs) (laughs) Run away, Jack. Run away! (laughs) He always leaves his door open. Colonel Chekhov feels that as a symbol of our joint efforts, a Russian officer should be assigned to join SG-1. Over my riding corpse, sir. Colonel. Subtle, isn't he? Say what you mean, Jack. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? What's Chekhov doing? You going to nick the model of the uh, F-117? Can we have a stealth fighter, please? (laughs) And that I will, General, but I'm still pretty sure I'll say, bite me. Yeah, thanks, Jack, for undermining me. Wait, <laughs> wait. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yes, you put the model back. The general's got the patience of a saint. <laughs> I'm sorry, General. You know I mean no disrespect toward you. I know. I probably should have reprimanded you in front of the colonel, but I happen to agree with your sentiments in this case. Who decided every team that goes through the gate has to have four people? I think it was no probably Robert C. Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> they should still close the door. This is a yeah. private conversation, after all. Mm-hmm. You've met him. In my opinion, a very beneficial viewpoint. One I think is important enough to try and replace. But not with a Russian. I agree. But my patience is starting to wear thin on this matter. I think I've given you a great deal of latitude lately, given the situation. Sir. Jack. You're off the mission list anyway until that knee fully heals. Use the time to try and get some perspective. Find someone qualified you can work with. I'll have all available personnel files forwarded to you. Yeah, three months. Try out new candidates. He goes through them like a... I mean, considering 
the average mission probably takes three, four days to plan, equip, and and you know start. So in three months, they've pro- they probably haven't had more than about ten missions, and he's gone through that many assistants. <laughs> Has anyone lasted more than one mission? Probably not. He's trying to replace the irreplaceable in his mind, anyway. And let's face it, they're almost of a height, aren't they? Mm, yeah. And let's face it, he wouldn't have had Daniel Jackson if had any real say in the matter. No. Daniel had to prove himself in theatrical movie. Mm-hmm. He's a man of his word. I doubt it'll mean much to you without an understanding of our science and engineering. Well, maybe you can recommend some related reading. Yeah, sure, I'll uh, type up a list. Great, thanks. That's not a very thick book. Yeah. Big pages, but not a lot on them. Transfer calls that a large notebook. Fair enough. I'm as physically fit as anybody on this base. And I've committed to memory almost all of Dr. Jackson's work. Everything? According to the test Dr. Fraser administered, I have the ability to learn much quicker than the average human. All very interesting information, but... I want to join you. Explore other planets, discover new worlds, new cultures, help rid the galaxy of the Goa'uld. I get the picture. I can't stay here in the space the rest of my life. <laughs> you can. He's walked right into Daniel's buffness space. Mm. Yes, Jonas, humans don't like being talked down to like that. No. Even if you, if you don't mean it as such, it's not going to create those warm and fuzzy feelings. Sam's not happy. And I'm sorry, but... I just don't see it happening. Martin Wood actually in the commentary mentioned that Sam and the General wanted to address Jonas's presence in a much colder fashion. Mm-hmm. And when they were filming these scenes, they were done out of order, so the actual interaction kind of jumps all over the place. It doesn't help that they're always in Daniel's study or work area. <laughs> mm. Oof. <laughs> the boxing bears. T-shirt belonged to one of the pilots that flew the aircraft up to Vancouver. Actually had to import fighter aircraft. <laughs> yeah. Karen looks banjax. He barely looks like he's broken his sweat. <laughs> I believe you are correct. <laughs> Ow. Oh, <laughs> nice left. I'll give him this. He gets up quick. Yeah. Never say die. If you won't give me the cheat. Is this really a sport on this planet? Are you injured, Jonas Quinn? I'll take more than that. Tell you what. <laughs> Behind you. If I knock you down, you got to talk to Colonel O'Neill for me. Yeah, you don't say that to Jill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jonas. <laughs> I'm okay. I wasn't ready. I'm ready now. That's a lot of food, Dick. It is, isn't it? Bloody hell! It's an entire <laughs> bunch of grapes. I could go with him with the fruit, but why the uh, vegetable and the mash as well? And the fr- is it fried chicken with the orange on top? <laughs> that is. Uh, that looks like a box. I'm like, holy crap! Little snack. I don't care if he's an alien and built like that. He is not going to get through all of that food. I'm telling you, the universities of this great nation are getting a little lax in their admissions. To whom are you referring, O'Neill? I mean, I can be as diplomatic and open-minded as anyone. Hammond is insisting SG-1 needs a socio-political nerd to offset our overwhelming coolness. <laughs> Brilliant line. Now, I know you've been practicing, but I still can't tell. Is that a joke? Could be. <laughs> he wishes to join the fight against the gold. He's an alien. <laughs> He's an alien. It's actually a good argument yeah. that Tilk is bringing to the table here. Mm-hmm. Point is, I don't think we need someone else on the team. You, Carter, and I can handle things just fine. You learn to trust me, O'Neill. That's different. I do not believe it is. Like me, Jonas Quinn may be an alien to this world. But he has vowed to commit himself to the cause of the Tari. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean I want him watching my back in battle, okay? Jonas wants to fight the world just as he did, and he can bring talents and skills to the table. Okay, personnel files left on the canteen table. Unfortunately, unlike Tilt, Jonas can blend into the human population very, very easily. Raytag, what's up? Oh, bad news. Take my tape, Master Raytag. I'm sorry I did not come sooner, Tilt. Dreyak is gravely ill. <laughs> Which one? The first one or the second one? Mm-hmm. Oh, have we got a new one? Yeah. Maybe she's wearing a Freya style dress. They going out a while. Yeah, and a son, Ryak. You were banished from their home on Chulak when Tilk defected. Get ready for this bit of movie magic. 
Josh Reich and tried to use him against us. Braytac's been looking out for them ever since. It's almost as if they've got a lift. And there was Martin Wood. Just passing Carter on the left? No, he was talking to Sila when the doors opened. They actually achieved that trick by simply having a, a movable wall in front of the elevator. <laughs> when they got in, the doors closed, they moved the wall, and he pressed over on a different level. Why was I not informed about the X302? For example, it might not be that obvious to everyone, but this man is actually very upset. <laughs> How did you find out about the X302, Colonel? Jonas probably told him. <laughs> He's not quite got the idea of a state secrets as shown by him. Nick in the Nequadria. <laughs> the power of the hyperspace window generator was procured through unauthorized incoming wormhole. What now? I'll take anything over this. <laughs> the little son of Smiley. Hi. That's Jonas going to go on. I don't know what's going on. We're not receiving an IDC, sir. In fact, there's nothing, sir. Somebody rang the bell and run away. <laughs> what's up? Apparently, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's a devious plan. That's a twist. Gates functioning properly. We're definitely looking at an incoming wormhole. But nothing is incoming. As far as I can tell. The ghoul used that tactic before. Good point. Yeah. Both. To block our escape while they attacked in ships. Yeah. Nothing from Deep Space Watch either. Well, this doesn't make any sense. Unless they're cloaked, of course. If you keep a wormhole open, you have to send something through. A radio signal, anything. We're getting nothing. Oh, keep looking then, Sam. Figure it out, Major. I'll call the president. It is really, really, really small. They got mosquitoes in there. Don't look at me. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Shocker, that is. Sam's not quite used to coming up with those, you know, zero mm. explanations. That's a nice-looking uh, location. Mm. Gave him background. Yeah, I'm not sure about the sanitation of the camp and whatnot. I'm sure there's a train dug. I'll just want to support our cars and welcome there. Dreyak is in no state to be moved now. Why did you wait? As it is, I brought you here against her wishes. She has always been proud. Oh, dear. Yes, person's non grata. She refused to accept the new symbiote. Was one procured? No. She did not wish us to sacrifice the life of another Jafar to save her own. Even one who still foolishly worship the false gods. I'm not quite sure I'd be that ethical. In the past... It is not the past, my friend. The descent we have bred has brought about many changes. The Goa'uld no longer trust the Jaffa priests with their young as they once did. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. If the actual system lords themselves are keeping tabs on all the uh, symbiotes. Yeah. Royak! Dare show your face here? Yes, he did. She's dead because of you. Back him, Tilk. You don't take that from anybody. Yeah. It's just, it's not like coming into this conversation 30 seconds away from a maximum gate theory thingy. Yeah. Chances are somebody dialed Earth from an off-world gate. Wrong number? Oh, well, normally the gate shuts down automatically after a short period of time if nothing's entering the event horizon from the outgoing location. So, what do we do? We wait. And to my knowledge, no one's been able to sustain a wormhole for longer than 38 minutes. And we can see the actual reflection of the numbers. Surprisingly, the right way round. I've programmed the computer to dial the alpha site immediately after the incoming wormhole expires, just in case. We'll be able to recall our off-world teams and hopefully contact someone who can help. <laughs> well, obviously, they're special reflected numbers. Yes. Oh, we've done that so many times, it, it very rarely works. That assumes the incoming wormhole actually uh, expires. Well, the DHD is faster, isn't it? If you use a proper yeah. DHD, you can dial. Well, they had a DHD, but they blew it up. Yeah, so they never did that in the simulations. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Give it time, General. <laughs> Give it take. Five seconds, <laughs> ten seconds. Okay, now we have a problem. <laughs> Nothing yet. Oh, yeah, little faith, Catherine. Don't you remember the time you were about to blow the base up and the wormhole stayed open past 38 minutes? No, they're all having a dig at Sam this episode. Mm. Oh, poor Dre. Oh, Non-speaking roll, is it? No face roll, in fact. <laughs> I assume there's an actress there, but there may not be. It'll be just a shape. Emote, Tilk. Emote. A couple of uh, pillows under a blanket. <laughs> yeah. Emote at the tennis ball, Tilk. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, he's actually emoting. Poor Tilk. Hmm. Now, I'm sure there's an outtake there where he lifts the veil back and there's something that shouldn't be. 
said it all, really. No need for dialogue. Yes. Just swelling music. Oh, Adriana said to say hi to all the listeners. So, admittedly, I've, it's taken me 20 minutes to do that, but I remembered. <laughs> Barak looks upset. He said, for the benefit of those listening. <laughs> I'm not overly keen on this shot with Tilk's frontage filling the screen. Yeah. She believed in you, in the fight you have chosen. As you once did. How long were we to live like this? Are we all to die like she did? Nothing has changed. The Goa'uld can be defeated. As long as we must carry symbiotes, we will depend on the Goa'uld for our lives. We will find a way to be free. Okay, he has a point that he's still a bratty kid. My mother will never know this freedom you speak of. She had no choice. You brought this upon her. You chose for the both of us. Teenagers. I don't know. Now, as any warrior would, I choose to avenge her death. Oh, he's a warrior, is he? Everything I have done, I have done for you. And I am ashamed. For you have done nothing but bring pain and misery and, above all, false hope to countless Jaffa. Then fire your weapon. We'd be surprised if he did. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. Oof. that must have hurt. That went that to the stomach. I wanted to have like a bloody head up. You were concerned about Sir Gerald Lima Thomas. I think Tilt Scully. <laughs> pretty, pretty much... Uh... Major, there's a rise in power being retained by the gate's internal capacitors of 0.1%. Well, while there's an open wormhole, the value tends to fluctuate by at least that much anyway. Not for the last 12 minutes, it hasn't. Oh, we ain't seen him for a while, have we? Lieutenant Simmons, yeah. Tobias Mailer. Always nice when they yeah. bring a guest star back. A very minor guest star, that's true, but a familiar face. Increase sensitivity by 50%. What was that? Could be interference in the line between the gate and computer. There it is again. Increase sensitivity by 200%. That's well within the accepted margin of error for the sensors. I know. Try it anyway. Mm. Now, this is what Sam should have done right at the beginning. Yes. Something's got to be coming through the gate to keep it open. If it isn't there, then we've got to look closer. Mm-hmm. And this scene seems basically to kind of take the pressure off Sam. Blame uh, Simmons for it. Mm. You may be right. Yeah. Stupid Simmons. Mm, nice little camera shot. Um, isn't Simmons also the uh, name for John the Lance's character? Yeah, it is, isn't it? I wonder if they're related. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> Experiences abound. I don't know. It was on a roll till. Let him talk. You have become skilled, Ryak. But a true Jaffa warrior does not let grief cloud his judgment. I choose my opponent as foolishly as he chose his. Tilk chose your mother's fate no more than he chose his own. We are all victims of the Goa'uld. Yes. Kids, what are you going to do? I have failed both he and his mother. The boy passes judgment without having fought a single battle. Hmm? Fighting a war that appears unwinnable does not make one's cause less noble. He cares more for dying than for his own flesh and blood. So must all Jafar, if any of us are ever to taste freedom. Can it with him? Can't you? <laughs> Finally, Sam comes up with the answer to the problem. We're not hard to solve it, obviously. We've detected an energy buildup within the gate. It's being transmitted through the incoming wormhole. We didn't notice it before because our sensors aren't calibrated to measure something this small. The iris appears to be holding. Yes, sir. It's likely slowing the energy transfer significantly, but it's not stopping it completely. Doesn't sound so bad. Actually, sir, it is. The gate itself is one giant superconductor capable of absorbing huge amounts of energy. Now, if that capacity is eventually exceeded, the Naquita that the Stargate's made up of will become charged and could eventually explode. How long? I've got good news and bad news. Now, this this is the bad news. Is there any good news? Hmm. <laughs> Just bad and worse, sir. We're talking about a blast two to three thousand megatons. Enough to take out Colorado? The resulting environmental effects could destroy all life on Earth. There's worse? We have no idea how to stop it. Yeah. Hang on. 
It says huge amounts of energy, and then it, it says it's a tiny amount of energy that we haven't noticed before, and then suddenly it's going to blow up in a few days. I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's basically cumulative. You know, when the gate's operating, the capacitors are never operating long enough to get that sort of charge build-up. Mm. Whereas now, they've been charging up for a couple of days. Ultimately, bang, mm. the gate will go, and, well, the base is kind of screwed. No boom today. Boom tomorrow. <laughs> There's always a boom tomorrow. You could drop that in rather than me saying it. <laughs> Probably wouldn't make sense more than about 10% of the listeners, but since that's about five people, it doesn't matter. A bit late for bonfire night, but we'll go with it. I thought everything was out these days. <laughs> Drayek must have been popular with the boys. <laughs> They're fortunate now, because this fire actually supplied a lot of the light for the scenes, so they didn't have to bother <laughs> with our lights. <laughs> Some heat must have been coming off that as well. Oh, the gate's lit up in the background. Yet it still looks cold. He got his breath misting. Yes. Can I film this a bit closer to the fire, please? <laughs> Let him mourn. He has grown to hate me. He does not. Nor does he truly believe our cause is futile. Dreyak would not allow it. Why does he speak as he does? Because he's a teenager, Talk. That's what they do. Since the day Apophis brainwashed him, he has believed his own mind is weak. It is not true. You are no different at his age. After the death of your father at the hands of Kronos, fear almost consumed you. Like Ryak, it was desire for vengeance that gave you strength. Ryak misplaces his blade. He directs his malice towards you because he believes you doubt him as much as he doubts himself. Why would he believe such a thing? Because you are his father, and you have not told him otherwise. This whole location is roughly one kilometre wide. You can actually see how well it's been lit with all the actual real flames. The set design and the lighting required for this is... I mean, it's theatrical quality. Mm -hmm. So no arc lights at all? I imagine there are a few to get the really close-up uniform shots of these faces. Yeah, to shoot the scene twice, otherwise your light's going to be all over the place. Yeah. I imagine there are a few to get the really close-up uniform shots of these faces. Yeah, to shoot the scene twice, otherwise your light's going to be all over the place. Yeah. Teal calf in shadow. It was interesting that Christopher actually said, you know, with uh, Michael leaving the show, he normally went through all his lines with Michael Shanks and, you mm. know, used him as a sounding board. And a lot of this season we see a very different Tilk, not only because of the way he's written, it's mm. simply because his interpretation of the character changes slightly. Did he use Cory Nemec for his lights? I don't think so. Not so long ago, I was captured in battle. And Apophis took control of my mind. Teal calf in shadow. He made me believe that I was once again his loyal first prime. Now that stone must if it was real stone, of course, it's code, even with his robes. Ah, it's polystyre stone. Polystonerine, that's it, polystonerine. Polystonerine, yeah. Believing that Apophis was my god. I would always be wondering if that gate's going to activate when I'm sitting in front of it. Whether you believe or what I have chosen to do does not change the fact that I have never doubted your heart, Ryak. You need never win back my trust, my son, for you have never lost it. You have to get up quickly and you lose your balance, you fall backwards. Falling backwards is probably okay if you're low enough on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, you fall, you fall down your back, don't move, don't get up, whatever you do. Don't punch the air, enjoy. Yeah, stumpy. It shows a lot that Tilk's actually willing to talk about that because it's not a, not his greatest moment. A father-son bonding here. I'll draw parallels again between uh, Worf and his son here. Yeah, but let's face it, Neil Dennis, who plays Ryak, playing a much better character than Alexander. Mm. The problem with Alexander is I think he was brought in a bit too young. Yeah, little brat. Get out of the way, Jonas. He's always got books with him, hasn't he? There has to be a way to drain the capacitors. Still sexy as ever, I've seen. Way. Hey. What are you doing here? Well, there's no point in building Nakoda reactors for Russia if there isn't going to be a Russia, is there? Pentagon thought you, uh... That's a very good point, McKay. Not from you. Oh, okay, well, then I'll get a coffee and a donut and wait for the Big Bang. Still so young! It's not David Hewlett, it's David Hewlett's 12-year-old brother. <laughs> this kid barely looks out of his teens. This wouldn't be a problem if you had a working alien ship. Hey! I didn't wreck it. The gold did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Significant distinction. <laughs> Thank you. 
What good is being a part of this so-called protected planet's treaty if you can't even reach the Asgard when we're being attacked? All good points. I just got off the phone with Dr. Murphy at Area 51. He says he can have the X-302 ready to go in six hours. I thought it was weeks away from flight test. Yeah, so did we, Jack. Our only chance is if we can contact the Asgard. I'd like to volunteer, sir. We can take some of the safety features off, you know. Don't worry about it. I'll go too, sir. You sure you're up for it, Colonel? Yes, sir. I'll have transport prepped and ready in 20 minutes. Yeah, that's a reference to his damaged knee. Richard D. Anderson actually did damage his knee carrying his daughter. My knee's actually hurting at the minute. Sympathetic knee injury. Mm. Now, you've got to be very trusting that interactual goal come to shoot you. Well... I suppose the fact that he isn't shooting probably mm. tells you all you need to know. I haven't been brainwashed on my your side. <laughs> Shakrell, played by Alex Panovich. <laughs> Apologies. Just call him Al. He's been in Mortal Kombat Legacy, Smallville, Riverworld, Human Target, so very much into the genre acting. Shakrell. Teal. It's been too long, old friend. It's fortunate you are here. I have brought word to Master Braytax so that he might warn you. Of what? The Tari are in danger. They are under attack from Anubis. And those pilots are the actual guys who flew the planes up to Canada? <laughs> oh, yes. We have the as useful as tissue paper when it comes to armor jeep. Yep, love the uniforms. Looking at that, I'm thinking, who's the poor bastard has to get that polished? I assume you were briefed on the way here? Briefly. The target is Abydos, that being the closest planet with a Stargate. And you do know that our theoretical simulations for opening the hyperspace window were done in space. We know we have to leave the atmosphere. We have to leave the ground first. It'll fly, Colonel. I bet life on it. You want to come with? Love to. But I'll need it here. Yes, yes you are. Now, comments were made about these flying suits. They look a bit too sci-fi, you know, so futuristic, but they're actually based on the LaBelle G-suit, which was designed for pilots of the F-22. Mm. So, daft as they look, they are real. <laughs> so, Jack, how many hours of flying time have you had on this aircraft? None? Oh, right. Thank you. Well, technically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're missing the point, Doctor. General, have a I wish I had one. Major Carter and Colonel O'Neill are about to take off. That's what this is about, sir. Well, what do you mean? Look, I'm no scientist, but I have studied all of the gold research done on the Quadrant. As you know, Major Carter allowed me to see the specifications on the X-302. And? It's not going to work. Really? That's just what I was saying. Who are you? <laughs> What's your first name? Oh, the alien with a wacky Naquita. Naquadria. You are... McKay, scientist. <laughs> He's still being a dick. <laughs> Not quite so much. He mellows. Every time you see him, he mellows just a little bit. <laughs> the quadria increases exponentially as you attempt to extract more energy out of it. Oh, this is even worse than I thought. If you allow this test to proceed, Son, this sir, is not just a test. If the X-302 fails, this planet will be destroyed. I understand your position, sir. It's not just my position. You stand to suffer the consequences along with everyone else. Yes, this is the fate of the world, son. You know, you haven't been here long enough to realise what the SGC does. Otherwise, I suggest we all go downstairs, cross our fingers, and hope Major Carter and Colonel O'Neill can reach help. You can give him the book back, McKay. (laughs) Cross our fingers. It's a superstitious way some humans have of expressing their desire for good luck. Really? It's it's mine, nah. (laughs) My precious. It's a Nobel Prize, this is. (laughs) Maybe a Nobel Prize. I'm not sure about Nobel Prize. (laughs) <laughs> Grab the book. <laughs> Give him the book back. Grab the book back. <laughs> no, he handed it to him. No, it looked like Jonas grabbed it. Navigation. Check. I'm sorry, no. Based on the width of the wheels and where the nose wheel is, there's no way you turn that tightly. <laughs> sorry, but no, it, it appeared to spin more or less on the spot. Cool. And check. Engines. All check. Phasers. Sorry, sir. All systems operational. Now, this is actually the cockpit on a flatbed truck. Very, very simple and works beautifully. Yeah, because it's got the slight, you know, bumpiness. 
This thing handles like a Cadillac on the ground. Nothing to brag about when you see the suspension on the Cadillac. Jonas Quinn has voiced some concern about this mission, specifically regarding the instability of the Nequadria. Sir, the simulations we ran anticipated every conceivable scenario. You know, Carter, it's the inconceivable ones I'm concerned about. The X-302 has hundreds of safety mechanisms to compensate for anything that can go wrong. <laughs> Bit late to be telling them that now. Oh, come on, Sam, you know better than that. <laughs> Mission Command, all systems go from Abydos 1. Copy that, Abydos 1. Good luck. Has she seen this show before? Yeah. No, she's in it. She doesn't watch it. She never watches herself on TV. Well, here we go. Yeah, famous last words. Abydos 1. Nice. Hmm. Uh, General's not happy. So, why not VTOL? Come on. Okay, that looks nice. Yes. It's not a spaceship. Not yet, it didn't. So, why not VTOL? We have liftoff. Climbing. Velocity approaching. Mach 2. 10,000 meters. Mach 3. Mach 3? Jeez, that's fast. <laughs> okay, that looks nice. Yes. It's not a spaceship. Not yet, it didn't. You think? Yeah. Oh, the cloud roller's back. Anubis has a weapon that uses one Stargate to destroy another. And if my information is correct, the attack has already begun. We cannot warn them. That is why I brought a ship. If the attack has already begun, a warning will do little good. We must find a way to stop it before it is too late. I do not know the location of this weapon. Anubis has grown powerful, but still only defends a small handful of planets. If one of those Stargates also cannot be contacted... It is most likely the origin of the attack. Let's be honest, unless you know the specifics of the weapon, if the attack's begun, it's way over already. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's broke. <laughs> did you do it right? Yes, I did do it right. Let me do it. Hmm. Poor Earth, never mind. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, we're out of the territory. Let's find somebody else to exploit to be friends with. Yeah, they kind of fudged the issue on that. How would Braytac know what planets uh, Nubus controlled? Hey! hey. Good job they've got some inertial dampers built in. Yes. <laughs> Just don't throw your head back. Nice. Mm. And uh, black of near empty space. I've seen that shot on more video footage from homemade rockets than I ever mm. did from last. Mission Command, this is Abydos 1. Do you read? Loud and clear, Abydos 1. Altitude 500 kilometers and rising. Velocity 40,000 kilometers per hour. I'm entering the coordinates in the hyperspace generator. Oh, nice. Why would they use gate coordinates? Why not? Godspeed, Colonel. Major, from all of it. Crossing? <laughs> That's the Jonas Quinn version of cross fingers. Engaging hyperspace window. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, well, that didn't work. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit bumpier than they expected. Abydos 1, this is Mission Command. Do you read? We're still receiving your radio signal. Carter? I don't know, sir. Yeah, why are you still there, lads? Mission Command, we missed the window. Abydos 1, please explain. The autopilot engaged and we veered off course at the last second mission. A great rip in the fabric of space and time, and we missed it. <laughs> Return to base for further evaluation. Mission failure. I hate hearing that. Oh, by the way, do the heat shield work? Because this is going to be a pretty good test. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I looked about. I thought it looked fairly thin glass. I think micrometeorites and you're screwed. <laughs> that looks worryingly like a countdown. Glad to see you're okay. For the moment, sir. They're still analyzing the flight data recorder, but it looks like a 605-3 error. Forgive me? It's the one after 605-2, sir. 605-3. <laughs> 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 and before the 104. <laughs> it's one of the built-in safety features. What went wrong? The hyperspace window was unstable. We thought we'd compensated for the energy fluctuations emitted by the Nequadria, but apparently not. I don't think you can. Apparently, Carter and I could have been torn asunder. Yes. The possibility of that was remote, sir. More likely is you just would have been transported to an unknown location with limited fuel, oxygen, and no way of getting back. Can this problem be resolved? That really was a nasty couple of days there. Yeah. Forget the fact that, you know, they've compressed two days into about four minutes of screen time. He doesn't dress well, does he, at this stage? Yeah. I don't like the hairdo either. 
Okay. Mind you, he's been in Russia, anti for six months. <laughs> hey, I'd take that much here right now. No questions asked. How come you're not downstairs with the rest of the eggheads? Not that you're an egghead. Not an egghead, no. <laughs> yeah, just keep digging, Jack. We'll get you a ladder so you can get out of the hole. <laughs> but in a good way. I couldn't think down there. And they all kept looking at me for the answer. He's always looking at you. Well, you do have a penchant for pulling brilliant ideas out of your butt. Head. <laughs> Unfortunately, you've got a track record of, you know, pulling the rabbit out of the hat, Sam, so... Sir, I don't think I could solve this if I had a couple of years. Carter, am I sensing fear in your voice? Yes, actually. A lot of fear. Well, stop it. You're making me nervous. What about you, sir? Any ideas? I mean, sometimes you have a way of seeing things that... At their simplest. Thank you. Yeah, that's a polite way of saying. That's good. Yeah, mind you, the Asgard came to Earth to find simple people. I'm gonna go eat some cake. I think I'll join you. Here's the thing. Why don't I just shag and be done with it? I'm gonna die in about a day anyway. Might as well spend it having sex. We're experiencing a widespread loss of power, sir. Mm, yeah, that's never very good. But it's happened before, so uh, not as if they should be surprised. I am Anubis. Looks like a hologram projection, sir. Humans of the towering. Your end of days finally approaches. There will be no Oh, come on. Who talks like that? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sir, this is Asgard technology. He must have downloaded it from Thor. You will bow to my awesome power. There is nothing that can stop the destruction I bring upon you. Prepare to meet your doom. Yes, uh, a little over the top, Anubis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Needles, Jack. Oh, please. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> he obviously hasn't read the mission reports from previous uh, encounters with Atari. So, as a premiere episode for a new season and a new channel, I had no complaints with that at all. We had no We had a lot of good jack lines. And the thing is, it wasn't, despite this bit location, there wasn't an A and a B. There was an A and a double A. Tilk's little 4-8 or whatever planet that was, that which, as it pans out in the next episode. It was P3X Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Ye old quarry. Actually, to be more accurate, it was P3XBC. BC, in this case, standing for British Columbia. That works. Well, I figured I'd have to explain it. I could have just said, you know, tweet, and I'll explain. <laughs> Except I won't be reading that Twitter feed for another few days. <laughs> okay, then. That was Redemption Part 1. Good episode to kick off the season. As we said, a two-parter. Second part is actually called Redemption Part 2, which Alan commented on to begin with. Mm-hmm. The fact that, that is pretty rare for this franchise. We have uh, Anubis. That's the first time the SGC have seen Anubis not quite in the flesh, but with his, uh, what's it, the little gaty face. Gaty face. Gaty face. Oh, it sounds like something children would chant, you know, gaty face, gaty face, gaty face. I think it also underlines the fact that, as far as the Gwold are concerned, the Protected Planets Treaty is now definitely off the table. A, they destroyed at least one of the uh, Asgard ships. Granted, they ran away from three more, but mm -hmm. you can't really blame them for that. Well, they were O'Neill class. That's right, they were, yeah. With one or two hells, I wonder. The <laughs> fact that Anubis, as a system lord now, is openly attacking the Earth, I think mm. all bets are off, okay. which doesn't bode well for anybody. Okay, then. Kind of, you've said all that needs to be said, I think. He said, pondering the fridge. Weren't food, I were pondering. Oh, right. <laughs> I have leftovers. Stuff we bought and brought up to the room and then didn't drink. So I brought home again. You now sitting in the fridge, including some Discworld beer I bought, entitled The Embuggerance, amongst other things. <laughs> Next week's episode is entitled, bizarrely enough, Redemption Part 2. The priestess for which is, as Teok and his son battle to save Earth. O'Neill, with two L's, pilots the X-302, a newly designed interstellar spacecraft that will carry the Stargate far away from Earth to an explode harmlessly in deep space. But how will SG-1 operate without the Stargate? The Russian one, possibly? That's a direct lift from the DVD. That's cheating. 
he says, who directly lives audio and music from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's clearly, clearly cheap. <laughs> Paintbrush, I was fiddling with, fell over. You're doing an audio, are you? Yeah, I know, it's a shock. He said, playing with the pair of scissors. But I promised not to <laughs> run with them. Just to prove that I did actually have scissors. Why would we doubt you? I presume that came across as a suitably scissory noise. Yes, it did. Good, yeah. good, 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 good. You can use it if we yell cut or something. <laughs> Any thoughts on Jonas Quinn's introduction? I think he bounced nicely off McKay, but he see, he's, I don't know, we're verging on perky here. As we've seen from his guest spot last season, he's he's playing the character very, very open and friendly. Yeah, it's kind of like a 50s Superman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that they've pretty much ramped up his intelligence. I mean, obviously, for what he did back on his homeworld, he was smart, clever. But by claiming that his species can actually absorb and understand information much better than humans, it's kind of fast-tracking him into the Daniel mould. I think it's more that he was this bright, but previous to this, he hasn't had access to the information. He's naturally very, very intelligent. He's naturally very intelligent, but their technology and their research can't actually... He's probably, he'd be able to make leaps with the appropriate tools, yeah. and now he has the appropriate. And plus, he's had nothing to do for three months but sit around and watch the Weather Channel. Yeah, my brain would be dribbling out my ears. Three months of the Weather Channel. He likes the Weather Channel. Mind you, American weather is a bit more varied than British Isles weather. Yes, as I experienced in March, in a two-week period. <laughs> if you need to email us, the email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. If you need to find the podcast, somebody gave it to you, got it through an online subscription, we're on iTunes as Gatecast. We're also listed on Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle. If you want to leave feedback, you can record an MP3 and email it to gatecastpodcast.gmail.com. You can also leave us feedback on the website, that's gatecast.phasecast.com. There is the Facebook group, which is The Gatecast. And finally, you can also tweet us. We're the Gatecast on Twitter as well. Thanks very much for listening and hope to hear from you next week. That's pretty much it, folks. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And we shall do efforts to remove and make subsequent episodes less hiccupy. Yes, folks. Next week, we'll be covering Redemption Part 2. Take care. Have a good week. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Thank you.